This is 10 Minutes of Science, a Women in Ophthalmology initiative supported by Johnson & Johnson. We have invited ophthalmologists who are leaders in their field to discuss a journal article of their choice. My name is Robin Troutbeck. I'd like to introduce Dr. Jackie Belts. She is a staff specialist on the corneal and cataract units at the Royal Victorian Eye and Ear Hospital and is also the Director of Training for the Victorian Network. She holds a Senior Lecturer position at the Centre for Eye Research Australia and is close to completing a Masters. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Could you begin by telling us the name of your article and why you chose it? Sure. So I'm reviewing a paper titled Accuracy of Intraocular Lens Power Formulas Modified for Patients with Keratoconus, and it's by Jack Kane et al. I'm reviewing this paper, which, by the way, was published in Ophthalmology in 2020, because, well, we all know that IOL predictions are difficult in the setting of keratoconus. We're used to aiming myopic to avoid hyperopic surprises, which are fairly common. Lots of studies, including this one, have shown that only about 40% of eyes with keratoconus end up within half a diopter of the intended refraction when using standard formulae. And this compares to about 80% of eyes with keratoconus. So we're not that accurate when we're choosing lenses for keratoconus. Normal IOL formulae utilize estimation of corneal power with an assumed anterior to posterior ratio that, as you know, is just different and unpredictable in keratoconus. Mm -hmm. The final effective lens position also is important for refractive outcomes and that also relies on estimation of corneal power and is really difficult to estimate for these patients. So over the last few years we've seen an emergence of a new category of formulae and these are formulae with adjustment or modifications for patients with keratoconus. There's a few of them now, there's a holiday formula, a cane formula and a Barrett formula that does that. But I picked this particular paper for a few reasons. It's the first paper to compare formulae with adjustment for patients with keratoconus to standard IOL formulae. But my other reason is that the first author of this paper, Jack Kane, is a really recent ophthalmology trainee in Victoria, and his work's amazing. Lots of my friends and colleagues are co-authors. I'm lucky to work closely with Ben Connell, Grant Snibson, and Elsie Chan, who are all authors on this paper. And I think they're amazing too. So Robin, that's my declaration of conflict. Um, (laughs) That aside, though, this paper has really important and useful implications for the cataract surgical practice of any ophthalmologist. So I think it's got points that are worth thinking about. And it's just a good one to know. Okay, so how did they how did how did the study? How was it designed and how did they conduct it? How did Jack go about collating the information? Well, I'll tell you what I understand, but it will be brief because Jack and his team are super smart and are really innovating in the field of data analytics, which seems to be this whole emerging new field as a subspecialty yep. of ophthalmology. I'm only as of life, I think, subspecialty yeah. of um, all sorts of jobs. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm barely keeping up with it. But basically, this is the first study to evaluate the IOL power formulas modified specifically for patients with keratoconus. It's- And what they did was they took data as a retrospective chart review from patients with keratoconus of five cataract surgeons. And the patients had to have pre-op IOL master biometry Mm -hmm. as well as suit a few other criteria. Then they randomly selected one eye from each patient, assuming both eyes qualified, and then 
predicted the post-cataract surgery refraction using each of a number of formulae and compared that with the actual refractive outcome that they got from the surgery, and that gives the prediction error. The yeah. keratoconus formulae that they used and that they looked at were the Holiday 2 with keratoconus adjustment and the Kane keratoconus formula. And the normal formulae that they looked at were Barrett Universal 2, Hagus, Hoffa Q, Holiday 1, Holiday 2, Kane and SRKT. They did a whole lot of analysis on that prediction error, including by subgroup of stage one, two, and three keratoconus. Stage one keratoconus, according to their criteria, which is a, a common one used in publications, is less than 48 diopters for the steepest mm -hmm. K. Stage two is 48 to 53, and stage three is more than 53. So that's what, how they did it. And what did their results show? Basically, that the Kane keratoconus formula gives the best results for patients with stage one to three keratoconus, although technically the modification doesn't actually kick in until stage two, um, that the Kane formula performed the best. The Kane keratoconus formula achieved the lowest mean absolute error and the lowest um, median absolute error as well, and the highest percentage of eyes within plus or minus half a diopter of the refractive target. That percentage was 50% across all stages of keratoconus. That was statistically significant when compared to the other formulas. The Kane keratoconus formula also achieved a very low, low mean error of only 0.04 diopters, whilst the other formulae result in a more hyperopic mean error of 0.3 to 0.8. And what that means is the hyperopic surprise is less likely with the Kane keratoconus formula. We always have to worry about the massive outliers as well with keratoconus. And so it's good to know that the standard deviation was also less with the Kane keratoconus formula. Uh, it was 1.2 diopters. Um, so hopefully there'd be less of those massive outliers. Out of the normal formulae, they found that the SRKT was the most accurate and that's what has been found repeatedly in other studies as well. So did they have things that they thought they could have done better in the study or were there any other, um, did, they find, did they think they could have done anything to improve the, the numbers? Yeah, they did. So the sample size sounds small. There are 147 eyes in um, this series, but actually that's quite a good sample size for keratoconus. It's actually twice the sample size of other keratoconus studies. So maybe that's a pro. Um, mm -hmm. And I also thought um, that it was, uh, it's good that this is a first and only study so far comparing these newer formulae with standard. Uh, they, they did a really good analysis. Um, they pointed out, and I agree that it could be relevant that the corneal power in the study was measured by two different devices. So they used, because the data was collected over quite a long period of time, technology improved in that time, and they used either the IOL Master 500 or 700 to um, take their keratometry readings. And there are differences between those two machines, which could have effect on the results. The other thing that's kind of important is we still don't have an answer on whether or not total cornea corneal power by direct measurement of anterior and posterior curvatures is beneficial or not. But that's not a limitation of this study because the authors weren't trying to answer that question. But it is a yep. big area for the future. Also not really a limitation, but for me, the kind of major unanswered question is now, 
whether I should be using the cane keratoconus formula or the keratoconus modification of the true K formula by Graham Barrett. But Dr. Barrett's modification wasn't available yet at the time that Jack Kane wrote this paper and analyzed this data. So it hasn't been included there for a legitimate reason. Okay. That's yep. not really a limitation, but I, I Just think you it's don't know. You don't know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What does it mean for our clinical practice? Have you got any take-home messages for all of us, including general ophthalmologists? Well, as always, with something complex, just counsel your patient regarding their expected outcome. They yes. need to know that you might not be able to deliver spectacle independence and that the worse their keratoconus is, the less likely you will be, a, be to hit their target. It was Mike Lawless that taught me how to explain this to patients. Mm -hmm. He taught me to talk about an estimation rather than a calculation of IOL power. So I tell patients that we choose the lens by estimation and that that's what will determine whether or not the patient will need glasses for distance after surgery and how strong those glasses will be. As technologies and mathematics are improving, those estimations are getting better, but they do rely on the patient's eye being close to normal. In eyes that are not normal, we can still make an effort to account for the difference, but it's still an estimation and we'll do our best. Now, there's one other thing, Robin, that this is the bottom line of the whole study. Yes. The cane keratoconus formula is available at iwellformula.com. First thing, that's where you find it. That is it really useful, yep, if we have yep. Yep, such a patient, yep. And then the second thing is what target to use. So okay. stage one, keratoconus, remember that's less than 48 diopters, steepest yes. K. You don't need to make an adjustment. So you can aim for whatever you would normally aim for using yep. that formula. Stage two, which was 48 to 53 diopters, uh, this, in this paper, they recommend aiming between minus 0.75 and minus 150. And stage three, they recommend aiming minus two to minus three. And that's good to bear in mind. We still need to aim myopic, but they're less kind of aggressive myopic aims that then have been suggested in the past. Excellent. Thanks, Jackie. And I think just give that website one more plug. That would be great. It's iolformula.com. What were the author's conclusions? The authors concluded that the cane keratoconus formula was the most accurate formula for these patients in this series. The SRKT formula was the most accurate of the traditional ones, but we already knew that, but they've confirmed that. All normal IOL formulae resulted in hyperopic outcomes that worsened as the corneal power increased. So the worse the keratoconus is, the more minus you need to aim for. The authors reminded that despite significant improvement in refractive outcomes using the cane formula, prediction is nowhere near as good as for patients with normal corneas, so it's still advised to aim myopic and consent the patient to have informed and reasonable expectations. Finally, they gave a list of suggested refractive targets for each stage of keratoconus, and you can check that out by looking up the paper. It's a, a good set of numbers to keep on hand. Thank you very much for coming along today, Jackie. My pleasure, Robin. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today on 10 Minutes of Science. See you next time.